we all wonder, and we all wonder through a very specific frame of reference that we're sort of illustrating with this window. Our frame of reference really is limited, and so it can't provide us with all the answers. And so that leads us to wonder. Our frames can be our childhood, our educational experience, our religious experience, our shame and regret, pain and tragedy, and our fear and insecurity. And really, we all have these sort of frames of reference that we look at. But for Jesus followers, we think that our frame of reference should be a person. That God showed up on our side of the frame to be our point of reference through the birth of Jesus. That if you look past or stop short of or you take your eyes off of Jesus, you might miss God. I want to thank North Point Community Church for much of the ideas and resources for this series. Today, though, we're going to look at how we view the news. Now, we get our news probably in different ways and in, from different sources. And maybe now more than ever, some of us just get different news. Now, um, to avoid this sort of becoming a little bit political, uh, we're going to shift to religion. That's what no good host ever said, right? But really for this whole idea of news that some of us are looking through the frame of, is it true? And that's sort of the question that we look at life. Um, others of us, maybe more people than more now than ever are asking, but is it good? It might be true, but if it's asking me to hurt somebody or to do something bad to other people, well, then it's not really good news. And this is really true for all of us, that when we hear news that is not good, we hope it is not true. Maybe it's a medical diagnosis, or maybe it's something with your friends or family or a coworker. That when we hear news that is not good, we hope it is not true. But when we hear news that is good, we sort of hope it is true, really no matter what that thing might be. And good news is really important, particularly right now in the season of Christmas, because that is how the birth of Jesus was sort of announced. That that's the way that it was announced. It could have been announced in various different ways with lots of different words. But here's the headline, here's the breaking news, here's the initial announcement of Jesus coming to this earth. Luke chapter 2 says this, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And this good news of great joy is something that when you understand it, you're going to be happy, you're going to be pleased that this thing happened. Not just for you, not just for those that you care about in your family, not just for those in this city, not just for those in this region of the world, but for all people. And this was really the shocker because at this point in time, nobody could really imagine news that would be good for all people. Because typically in our world, when there's good news for one group of people, it's bad news for another group of people. But if the birth of Jesus was actually good news, then why aren't more people leaning forward towards it? Why, why do people, many people resist it? And really our question is, if the message of Jesus is good news, then why don't people lean in and want it to be true and hope that it would be true? That why wouldn't people who don't believe it actually wish that it was true? Because if it's just good news and doesn't matter if you believe it's true or not, wouldn't you want it to be true? Wouldn't you hope and wish it could be true? That when we hear good news, typically we hope it's true. We don't resist the good news. So the original version of Christianity, we believe the original version of faith was so good that it was actually compelling. The original version of faith was so good that actually was worth telling other people about. So the question might be, well, what happened? Like, what happened to the good news? Because it doesn't seem like it's so good anymore. Why aren't more people sort of leaning into the good news of Jesus? And maybe, for us in America at least, I can't speak for other parts of the world, maybe in America, we are part of the problem. That in, the church in America has sort of Americanized the good news. The church in America has sort of politicized the good news. The church in America has 
um, prosperitize the good news, if that's even a word. We sort of made it about what we can get from God. The church in America has anti-intellectualized the good news, and the church in America has individualized the good news. We sort of made it about something that's for me internally and only for me. And we've sort of reduced it in many ways to sort of fire insurance. Now, I appreciate my church growing up, but when I was a six or seven year old boy praying that prayer that I prayed, it wasn't because I was wanting to follow Jesus. I was praying that prayer because I was wanting to avoid hell. It was all about what can happen for me. And when the good news gets to reduce, gets reduced to how it might help me in spite of how it might hurt you, then that is not good news of great joy for all people. And sort of like buffet news that you can pick and choose what you want and what helps you and your close family and friends. And that's no longer good news of great joy for all people. Have you ever heard of the Slave Bible? It's kind of an extreme example, but have you ever heard of the Slave Bible? The Slave Bible was um, published in 1807 by the Society for the Conversion of Slaves in British West Indies. And they published this Bible to really teach slaves how to read and to write, but they also published it so they could sort of help introduce Christianity and convert these slaves to Christianity. The problem was that they removed any part of the Bible that sort of gave, or that sort of contradicted the legitimacy of slavery or could provide the potential hope for liberation. They removed all of the Exodus story, the, the Hebrew people sort of throwing off their captors. They also removed Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, that says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That the slave Bible was really only good news for slave owners. The slave Bible was still not good news for slaves. That if your and my version of faith or the version of the good news is not good news for Jews and Gentiles, if it's not good news for slave and free, if it's not good news for male and female, if it's not good news for saint and sinner, if it's not good news for rich and poor, for your sister-in-law, for your aunt or uncle that's kind of the crazy one, for your cousin that's a little bit of a skeptic, for that really frustrating teacher, for that annoying coworker or neighbor, if it's not good news for all of them, then it's not the original good news of Jesus. That really the question comes down to, so what about us? Are we actually good news? Are, are you and, and am I good news in the world where we live? Are we good news that would, be, that would bring great joy to all people or just to the people who are like us or who might actually already like us? That unfortunately, if we sort of would have gotten this right in our communities, in our, in our state, in our country, maybe even in the world, we would probably be in a better place right now. Because really, Jesus couldn't have been more clear. He said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He said, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. That the way that we live our lives, our actions, the way that we treat other people is sort of something that can reveal light to people, sort of show them the way. And it really will impact the world around us. And when the good news of Jesus is told through our lives, it's sort of as if the lights come on, that people say, well, now I, I see myself differently. I see other people differently. I see my enemies differently. I see everything differently. Jesus would continue on in verse 16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That the good news in your life should result in good deeds, not just good beliefs. Unfortunately, some of us think that. And so that everyone will sort of look up or praise, as the word says, to our heavenly Father and see the connection between your good deeds and your good Father in heaven. 
that your light might be the only light that other people see, that they see. Your light might be the only thing that sort of helps magnify who God is. That your responsibility and my responsibility is to be good news in their lives. Uh, Paul, who uh, like wrote most of the New Testament, if you don't know, he was like many people who initially didn't think the good news of Jesus was actually good news. Um, for Paul, it was really because he didn't understand the good news. Because everything about him, his career, his finances, his popularity, really everything about him was sort of tied up in this old way of doing religion. And I, it's something you'll probably relate to and understand. People who benefit most from the status quo are least inclined to change, right? And for Paul, he didn't really want to change his old ways. He wanted to continue living the way that he was. He didn't want to let go of that. And so what does he do? He becomes a very violent man who wants to sort of physically stop the spreading of the good news of Jesus. Um, but eventually the grace and mercy sort of just run into Paul. And eventually sort of Paul realizes that this good news of Jesus was actually good news. And so he lays down his coercive, his violent, his sort of um, fear-driven frame of reference, the way that he looked at the world and took up this frame of reference that Jesus was giving him. He continues to be an activist, really even a missionary. He continues to spread this good news around the world. But he has a different perspective on the news now. He has a completely different perspective on the news of Jesus. And basically he would say, like, I didn't really understand the news. I didn't understand how good it was. I didn't understand that it was good news for all people of all generations. And so then he would give his life to help non-Jewish people understand this good news and to hear this good news. And one of the letters that he wrote to help the non-Jewish people understand this was a letter he wrote to the Philippians in Philippi in Greece. And as we read this letter, I want you to think about what if every Christian father and mother were living this way? What if every Christian high school and middle school student, college student were living this way? What kind of a difference could we make in our world? What if this was actually the good news that other people around us actually saw? We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. If you want to follow along the Bible app, you can click the more menu option and select events and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen and in the notes section of the chat. Um, Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says this, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? That since you belong to or sort of united with Christ, um, what are your answers to those questions? What would you say is the answer to those questions that they give? And then if you've seen any of these things in your life, Paul would say, then make it make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. That when people look at you and at your church, they should see something good about you, or they should see something unique in your life. That they're really something that's inside of you, this good news that's inside of you, should overflow with the way that you treat other people. And now Paul's going to share some specifics about the good news in these next few verses. He says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And that would be good news, wouldn't it, right? Like, wouldn't you like to work for somebody that lived that way? If you hire people, wouldn't you be glad if, wouldn't it be good news if that kind of a person came into your interviews? That don't you wish your family would have been like that? Or maybe some of you are really glad that your family was like that. And when he says, think of others as better than yourselves, he's not necessarily saying that they actually are more valuable than you, but he's saying that you treat them as if they are more valuable than you. 
And some of you might say, well, like, why would you do that? Like, that's kind of putting yourself in a vulnerable position. And Paul would say, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> because this is at the center of the good news of Jesus, that God would value you above himself. He would place you at a higher value than his own life. That he treated you as if you have greater value than him. And that is the good news. And if you do that for other people, other people will see that as good news. And the next verse is a, a little bit of a better translation in another version. It says this in verse 5. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In all your relationships, family, dating, marriage, um, parent, child, teacher, student, co-worker, whatever kind of relationships, you should have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And you might say, like, well, why should we have the same mindset as Christ Jesus? Because when you have that same mindset, those other people will see you as good news. Because you're sort of putting them above yourself. You're, you're prioritizing them ahead of you. You're sort of deferring to them. And that is unusual, and that is not the way that the world sees other people. That's not the way that the world works. And most people really don't look at the world that way. That's not the way that they see the world. But this will represent the good news of Jesus to those around you. And it will represent the good news of Jesus being born into the world. Continue on verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Uh, another translation again says it this way, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And you might say like, what? Like if you have God powers, like that's exactly what you use your God powers for to your own advantage. And Jesus would say, nope. And he never pulled the God card and said, I want the corner table with the good view. Like Jesus never did that. He never used his power and influence on himself for his own benefit. And if that happened in your world, if somebody lived that way, wouldn't that make your HOA, wouldn't that make your work, wouldn't that make everything in your life better? Wouldn't that be good news? That Jesus leveraged his power and his influence, not just on himself, not even on himself, but for those with less power and less influence. And that is good news in the world. And there are countries in the world, and there are communities in our country, where if people actually live that way, it would, it would increase life expectancy. It would increase quality of life. It would liberate so many people. If politicians, CEOs, consumers, um, you know, other political people, if, if just everyday people would live this way, it would be good news for everyone. So is the message of Jesus good? I would say, well, yeah, of course, because God would leverage his power and influence for people who had no power and no influence. And that is actually good news for the whole world. Continuing on verse 7. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as human, as a human being. And basically, Jesus chose to make himself nothing in some senses. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. That really, as we say about the crucifixion, we also sort of say in some ways about Christmas that we really only experience this through art. And sometimes art depicts it a little bit more nicer than it actually might have been. Because thankfully, none of us will ever experience a crucifixion probably. None of us will ever see or smell a crucifixion. And we won't really see the birthing conditions that Jesus was born into. One of my favorite pastors says it this way, the moment that our God was most glorified would have been the moment we would have been most horrified. And really, because part of the reason for that is that crucifixion was really to make you as if you never existed in the first place. That by the time crucifixion happened, your friends would have all just sort of denied that they ever even knew you. 
your family would have already disowned you and no one would know where you were buried or if you were even buried at all because it was as if you had never existed. And this is the situation that your Savior chose on purpose to make sure he demonstrated his willingness to serve and to give his life for every one. In your life, who needs to see a demonstration of good news like that? Paul continues on in verse 12. He says this, Dear friends, you have always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So you might say, well, like what pleases God? For the world to know that God, there is a God who loves them and invites them to call him father. He continues on verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. Now, this doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means the person who isn't criticized really is someone who still messes up, and yet they're able to own up to it and apologize quickly. Before they can sort of be criticized, they've already owned it and they've already apologized. Have you ever noticed that it's kind of hard to criticize someone who already has owned up to the problem or the mistake that they made? Like, you you don't need to go looking for me to make a mistake because I'll come and find you and confess to it. Like, that is good news. Now, if you live this out individually and also as a group of people, Paul says this, Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. That the results really are exactly like Jesus said earlier, that you're going to shine like bright lights in a very dark world. That your selflessness will stand in stark contrast to the selfishness in the kingdoms of this world. Like, can you imagine a world like that? That this is really what we've all been invited to. This is what Christmas is all about. The good news for all people. And this is how you change the world because everyone knows that this is good news. So I want to give you four ways to practically sort of live this out or how do you actually do this. And they're really pulled from these verses, but they're just sort of simplified a little bit. Number one, apologize immediately. Because we're not always good news, are we? I know I'm not always good news. So we need to own it and we need to own it quickly. Number two, forgive quickly. N.T. Wright says it this way, we must be the people who know how to say sorry. That's point one. And who know how to respond when other people say it to us. There's point two. And really we must do this because we are all forgiven by God. And that's good news for us. And it will be good news for other people if we do it for them. Number three, defer to others. And really do this because the good news of Jesus includes the king of the world deferring to the world. Uh, The king would sort of give his life for his subjects instead of asking the subjects to give their lives for him. So what would that look like in your world, in your relationships? Number four, give sacrificially. And we all know this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave. And if we will do these four things, it's really everyone's going to know that it's good news because that is what good news looks like. And they're going to think that that's good news whether they believe it is true or not. Because good news becomes bad news when people misunderstand it. And you and I have the ability to help people understand it, to sort of demonstrate it in front of them, to sort of live this out in such a way that this would be good news that they would see right in front of them. And so we come back to the question, are we good news? Am I good news? And maybe for some of you that, you know, Jesus and the good news of Jesus doesn't strike you as really good initially, It might be because the church wasn't good news for you. 
And if that's your story, I'm so sorry. Your, your lack of trust or your distrust of faith and things about that are, are probably legitimate and, and probably seem justified. And while I can't take away the experience that you have, I want to leave you with something. That into the world where the wealthy and the, the mighty sort of determined what was right, into a world where the pagan God just sort of toyed with people, into a world where the rich and the powerful and influential were the ones that were uh, favored by God or favored by society. Into that kind of a world, God sent his son Jesus to establish a new relationship between God and the entire world. And this new relationship was announced and sort of initially talked about this way by what we talked about at the very beginning. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 10. Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. And he would go on to invite everyone to follow him. The good and the not so good. The skeptical and those who have been hurt by the religious system. So, is the message of Jesus true? That's probably a discussion for another day. Is the message of Jesus good? The message of Jesus is good for the entire world. And we should be good news that other people and others hope is true. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this story. Thank you for Jesus and um, all that Christmas brings our way. For those of us who maybe are a little bit skeptical and we don't necessarily see Jesus as good because maybe some Christians have hurt us, maybe the way that Jesus was taught to us, he seemed very exclusive or some other thing that the church did maybe to hurt us. God, for those people that are here today that are maybe not feeling so good about Jesus or hadn't been told this good news this way before, would you help them to see the good news demonstrated in front of them? Would you help them to see that it could possibly be good, sort of irregardless of if it's true? Would you help them, though, maybe to explore and have a curiosity that would go and look for evidence so that maybe they could have a conversation with us or somebody that's a, a Jesus follower that could show them the good news and show them that it really is good and that they would lean in towards it? God, for the rest of us, those who are already following you, would you help us to be good news this Christmas season, would you help us to find a person? Would you help us to find a group of people? Maybe it's our family. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's just a neighbor that we don't know. Would you help us to find, good, would find ways to demonstrate this good news, to demonstrate the way that you lived your life to them so that they could see the good news, so they could see the light of what you bring to the world? God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for sending him for us to change our perspective, to change the way that we looked at the world so that we could see the world the way you see the world so that we could see other people the way that you see other people. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.